It was December in London, and Christmas was approaching. It was December 1862 to be exact, and if you know your history, you know that America was embroiled in civil war in 1862, and it would claim the lives of over 600,000 people and last for another three exhausting years. And if you lived anywhere in the American South, it was a scary and difficult time to be alive. But on Christmas Eve in 1862, as the American soldiers were fighting exposure in brutally cold conditions, things were a little different across the pond. The Victorian era was in full swing, brimming with fascinating new discoveries. Ideas, art, fashion. Science was like a new magic, and it wasn't uncommon to see professors giving live public demonstrations of new discoveries, mixing science and entertainment into captivating performances. Darwin's book on the origin of species had been published merely three years earlier, and while it seemed like society was increasingly more secular and skeptical, they certainly weren't any less superstitious. By 1862, glass plate negatives had sparked a revolution in what was called spirit photography, which is a type of image making intended to capture supernatural elements that aren't visible to the naked eye, like ghosts, phantoms, and deceased relatives. Charles Dickens was wrapping up a legendary career in supernatural fiction, with tales of ghosts that would create entire genres of literature and are still captivating audiences today. And it was a tale by Charles Dickens that drew a well-dressed crowd of ladies and gentlemen to a theater entrance at 309 Regent Street in London on Christmas Eve, 1862. It was the holidays, and they had come to see a stage performance of a Dickens novel, but not the one that you're thinking of. In fact, by 1862, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol was already very well known, and Ebenezer Scrooge's spooky conversion from being a heartless miser to a compassionate do-gooder had been adapted for stage for over a decade. No, tonight they were in line for a different experience. A Dickensian tale called The Haunted Man and the Ghost's Bargain. It was a story with definite echoes of A Christmas Carol, but focusing on a character named Professor Redlaw, who's haunted by a phantom version of himself. And it's a tale well worth reading. Then again, it was Charles Dickens, after all. But it wasn't the brilliance of Dickens' writing that would enthrall the crowd that evening in 1862. As ladies in petticoats and bell-shaped sleeves, and gentlemen in waistcoats with chain watches, settled into their chairs, they had no idea what they were getting themselves into. As they intently followed the story unfolding on the stage, they saw something so unbelievable, so completely shocking that the papers in the following days would describe the crowd as stunned and speechless. They had come to see a play about a ghost, which was in no way a secret. But as the moment approached for the ghost to enter the story, there was no movement backstage. No one emerged from the side curtain in a white sheeted vestige or crawled up out of a trapdoor. There was no cabling, no floating apparitions dropped from the catwalk. One moment there was just Professor Redlaw, and the next moment the ghost just appeared on the stage, shimmering and ethereal. The ghost spoke, moved, and interacted with Professor Redlaw, who was played by an actual man on the stage, by the way, a man named John Henry. The crowd was astounded. Something was happening here in this little theater that had never happened before on a stage, and they were witnessing a phenomenon that seemed unexplainable and supernatural, just like the ghost in Dickens' story. And keep in mind, 
This is 1862. This is a world with no television, no augmented reality, no VR headsets. It would be another 17 years before Edison demonstrated a working electric lamp in Newcastle, England. And sure, science was progressing at breakneck speeds, but this? This was not possible. And just to be clear here, the audience wasn't wrong. Although there were two figures on the stage, there was only one actor, and that was John Henry, playing the part of Professor Redlaw. Actually, he wasn't a professional actor, so to speak. He was an analytic chemist for the Royal Polytechnic Institution, and he was a bit of a showman. His name was already fairly well known in certain circles. But if you lived in London in 1862 and you hadn't heard of John Henry Pepper before that Christmas Eve, you soon would. It wasn't Dickens' fantastic storytelling ability that made headlines in the following days and weeks, but what came to be called Pepper's Ghost. John Henry Pepper had summoned a ghost on stage in front of a live audience, and no one understood how. Needless to say, the show was a hit, and it continued to run. John Henry kept conjuring ghosts on stage for almost a decade. But even today, the technique he used is pretty fascinating. And it didn't stop in London. In 2012, the ghost of deceased rapper Tupac Shakur was summoned on stage at Coachella in front of tens of thousands of people. And Pepper's ghost made the headlines again 150 years later. It wasn't just Tupac. Elvis, Michael Jackson, and other beloved artists have been revived and have performed whole concerts thanks to Pepper's Ghost. So how does it work? To create the illusion, you need two rooms and an angled pane of glass. One room is what the audience will see, which was, in Pepper's case, the stage of the London Polytechnic. The second room is below the first, or to the side, and is obscured from the view of the audience. The pane of glass is placed at a 45-degree angle to the two rooms, and with careful lighting, the magic happens. You see, when the light is shown on the hidden actor in the hidden room, the reflection is visible on the glass pane, creating the illusion that a figure has suddenly flickered into existence from the empty space. When the light is extinguished and the actor is again in darkness, there's no visible reflection. In this way, an offstage actor is magically projected onto the stage in an eerie, ghost-like sort of way. In fact, it's the same technology that we use now for teleprompters. Pepper's ghost wasn't actually invented by John Henry Pepper. A man named Henry Dirks introduced Pepper to the technique. Dirks had pitched the idea of using it for theaters, but the cost of repurposing a theater to create the effect seemed too costly to theater owners at the time until he met John Henry Pepper. Pepper already commanded a crowd and was able to successfully adapt the technique to the stage. Although John Henry Pepper tried repeatedly to credit Henry Dirks, the name Pepper's Ghost stuck, and examples of it can be found all across the internet. Disney has even used it in the Haunted Mansion and Phantom Manor theme park attractions, where it continues to captivate people even today. And I think, if you'd been there that Christmas Eve in 1862, sitting in the packed crowd, breathlessly awaiting the arrival of Dickens' ghost, and that mysterious hazy figure had appeared on the old wooden stage alongside John Henry, seemingly out of thin air, you would have gasped, perhaps recoiled in shock and wonder at the mysteries of science, spirits, and the unknown. 
At Christmas dinner the next day, you would have had stories to end all stories around the table. And some would swear that you were exaggerating. Others might wonder, was it real? But whatever the reactions, I'm sure everyone would have agreed that it was, without a doubt, fascinating.